10 comics we read by episode 100. Hello, time travelers. It's me, Matt Anderson, here today for a very special episode. I couldn't be more happy. Tonight, I'm joined by the one, the only, Daniel Butcher. Welcome back, Daniel. Hey, what's going on, man? Man, this is so great to be podcasting again. Right before we started recording, I did a quick check to see when is the last time on the comic book time machine... Well, I mean, just for us, period. When's the last time you and I had an official podcast? Because we've gotten together, of course, many times. And uh, a few of those times we brought a mini recorder and just did an impromptu episode down the road or at my place or at your place. But when's the last time we got on Skype and had an official conversation? And if I'm correct, here's what I found. An episode that was released on July 17th, 17th of 2015... The Convention Quest 2015 group episode with Ben. It was episode 60. Is that the one in which he gave me pornography? Uh, yeah, I think. Well, no. Is this where he sent us comics that we were supposed to do? Uh, like It was like a blind bag. Yeah, I think it might have been. It might have been that. If we did a convention episode with Ben, it would have been that one. So he didn't mean, just for the record, listeners, if you have no idea what we're talking about, he didn't mean to give inappropriate material daniel it was a he bought us each a bag of comics that he got cheap and he didn't know what they were going to be and that one had some inappropriate material in there well and and to call it pornography might be overstepping you know exaggerating so again going way back uh to our old episodes i think uh, a good i don't know good episode to listen to i was trying to think of a better word than just good episode but an episode you should listen to before listening to this episode is episode 50 because on episode 50 daniel myself and ben avery got together and we picked out 10 comics maybe uh, one individual trade or maybe a series or run by a certain writer 10 comics that we wanted to read by episode 100 now and this was almost two years ago yeah so episode 50 was released i don't know because you know how we record them but then release them at some unknown time later it was released on may 31st (laughs) may 31st 2015 man yeah almost two years so at that point we were guessing i think it had taken us less than a year to get to episode 50 so we were thinking we had about one year (laughs) for to get these done and then you and i both drastically stopped recording episodes for the comic book time machine and ben's been basically doing it alone for a while i mean i do episodes here and there but obviously the majority are ben's and you have done none (laughs) and come on ben let's get that john carter annual number two episode out when's the last time you had an individual i think i know the answer but when's your last individual (laughs) recording i have no clue i think it was knight rider do you remember when you recorded about knight rider I do. There was a time I was going to do the experiment and do like uh, licensed material in comics. Yeah, I gave. Wait, up what about that. haunted? The haunted mansion. You did a yeah, haunted we did. Episode. I tried that be t- be, uh, between Disney dot com. Uh, you know, extension. Yeah. Tried a podcast version. 
That was fun. Yeah. So it was really fun. So it's just a treat to have you here. So thank you, Daniel. I, you're you're welcome. What can I say? I'm not as busy as you, but I'm a busy guy. I think you are busier than me. Well, maybe not right now. Okay. So are you saying you're making a, a return to the podcast? <laughs> uh yeah i mean we scheduled this out over a month ago almost two months ago to make sure that tonight happened well i'm currently hashtag single dad so that's part of the benefit here we should say we did invite ben he wasn't able to make it work tonight but we because daniel is barely ever able to podcast we had to make it happen so ben we miss you sorry you couldn't be here with us <laughs> I'd miss Ben, too, if I didn't talk to him almost every day. We do all talk almost every day, so that that helps things through Facebook, that is. Yeah, I'm actually still very involved with Welcome to Level 7 behind the scenes. In what way? Tell me a little bit about that. Well, I mean, I read their Facebook messages and sometimes give them advice do you ever, and argue with them. Do you ever post anything? Uh, I'm the one who posts everything to Facebook. Oh, still. Interesting. So when you say you're in the message, you mean... There's we a, have a big group there's chat. a group. We right? have a team, a team chat thread. Okay, interesting. All right, so let's get uh, let's get back to this. So again, everybody, these are two years ago. Daniel and myself thought that these were books that we'd be interested in reading. So sight unseen, we put them on this list, and now here we are to tell you were they actually good. So I I figured just to keep things simple, uh, I sent you the list that you that you made last time. This morning. So this morning I sent you this list. Let's just go from ten to one. Let's talk about if they met our stand or met our expectations, and maybe they exceeded our expectations, and we'll go from there. So do you want to start with your number ten? My number ten, Spider Verse. Oh yes, yeah, so now longtime listeners will know we did a well. I did an entire series on Spider Verse, joined my by my friend David. So yeah, what did you think? Well, um. I gave it four stars, and I really liked it. I probably didn't like it as much as you did. I have had some concerns because I feel like some of the things that happened with the the Spider-Verse kind of spinoff series kind of felt like they were just reduplicating some of the same Spider-Verse stuff that we had seen in that major series. But for Spider-Verse itself, let's be honest, uh, my friend, I ripped off Amazon. So how could it not be good? Yeah, you know how sometimes, listeners, Amazon will maybe do an early sale. And I think sometimes I actually have accidental sales because that's probably the case with this. Both you and I got this book for like $22 or something. And we're talking, this is a hardcover deluxe, probably well over four or 500 pages. Um, they had to have lost money on it. I think we got it for like 18. Yeah, it was something crazy. So I also it bought was it small. I don't buy spider books. Except for the superior foes. And yeah, it was at a price where I couldn't resist. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I love this one. I love Spider-Verse. It, it did have a lot of spinoffs since then. And uh, I don't necessarily like the way this big hardcover that we purchased was collected. Because it has each individual storyline together rather than having it be in chronological order. But, you know, I'm sure some people like it split up better. I think I would have preferred the chronological order. Yeah. That's how I read it originally, so that would have been better for me, but it's all right. Yeah, but did you read all of the tie-ins, too? Yeah, I was so into this. I bought every single tie-in. So even though I bought that hardcover for 20 I had also purchased every issue that made up that hardcover. 
You know what the really bad thing is, Matt? What's that? This point with Dead No More, you've completely forgot about it. Actually, when I look back on my recent comic reading, definitely since we've been doing this show, I think that was my favorite. I'm just trying to make sure this is right. I'm sure it's my favorite spider story, except for I like Superior a lot, but I wasn't buying that individually. So, yeah, I thought Dead, Mo- Dead No More, the clone conspiracy was okay. It wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. Are you shocked? So, uh, I don't know because I haven't read it yet. Yeah, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts when you read it. It's There's good things about it and good things came out of it, but I think as an actual product, it was so-so. This is clone conspiracy. Well, I, it, let's be honest, Earth. Matt. Who cares? Because as we were told today by Marvel Comics, uh, their next big event's going to break the internet. I so. didn't, wait, I didn't hear that. Yeah, apparently somebody from Marvel claims that. What is this thing called? I can't even remember. Legends? No, Legacy. So they're starting Legacy Legacy. soon. Legends is the DC. That was a good book. Um, Yeah, Legacy is going to break the internet. It's going to be so big. Is there room for all these Spider-Men? Can we handle two Thors, Matt? Can we? Can we? Yeah, so today's April 23rd as we record. Who knows when it will actually be out there. In fact, I don't know what episode this will be. I know it won't be 100 because Ben has a plan for 100. But we could be 101, 102. But as we're recording, April 23rd, C2E2 was this past weekend. And they announced that Marvel's going back to legacy numbering. And they're having an event, kind of a one-shot similar to DC Rebirth issue one. Or I think it seemed like a one-shot. They're having Marvel Universe Legacy number one coming this fall. And it seems like they're trying to do a similar model to what DC did. And really look back at their history. And it- Well, please do. Please do, Marvel. Because DC's killing it right now. What's your favorite DC title right now? Ooh. Well, I mean, I Aquaman's the one that I buy. Hmm. It's not Batman. I mean, I really do like Aquaman. I like Dan Abnett quite a bit, so I enjoy his writing. Though I do think Jeff Parker didn't get his due. Um, you know what? I Here's what I'm finding myself shocked with Rebirth. I really, really like what's going on with Superman. That's exactly what I was going to say. The My favorite title right now is Action Comics. And my second is either Superman or Detective Comics, which is a Batman, or Batman comic. But yeah, Superman is at the top right now for me for Rebirth. All right. All right. right let me do my number, number 10. 10. All right. This one will be a shorter conversation because my number 10 was Kill Shakespeare, a story in which the characters that Shakespeare created come to life and then try to find him and try to assassinate him uh i couldn't get into this and i was at a point where i was reading a lot when i read this i read this uh maybe about a year or so ago (laughs) because we made this list so long ago and i was reading so much i just was not forcing myself to finish something i wasn't into so i'm i ended up giving this a one but to be honest i didn't really finish it i kind of skimmed through it just to get over it not a fan of Kill Shakespeare. It has a the flavor of fables, you know, with these fictional characters living in the real world, but not exactly the same. I don't want to go too much into it, but it was not that great. So, sorry, Kill Shakespeare, thumbs down. All right, you're number nine. Number nine, this will be a quick one too. Sergeant Fury and the Howling Commandos. In the last 20-some months, I've read 10 pages. It's an omnibus, isn't it? Um, I have a Marvel Masters Masterworks. Oh, okay. And I just keep burying it underneath Star Wars, buddy. Just yeah. burying it underneath Star Wars. 
So it, I know you've only done 10 pages, but is it interesting or could it not keep your interest? I mean, it's Stan Lee. It's it's Jack Kirby at the moment. I mean, it's war comics. I was reading it because of Welcome to Level 7. At least that was my goal. I was going to do a review of it. Um, I think when I was doing a review of it and I was taking notes, I actually went slower than those 10 pages. So I, I have hope that I will be able to eventually get into it. But you know how it is. You got it on your nightstand. You, you bury it under other stuff. Yeah. Well, I made this list from things that I had bought uh, that I had thought I'd want to read, but then for whatever reason had it just sitting around forever. Because when we get things from the library, we have a timetable. We have to finish it by. But when you buy something and own it, there is no timetable. I could just let it sit around forever. So I'll, almost everything on this list I had owned other than my number nine, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, and yeah. You can't say the same. A lot of this stuff was stuff that I was checking out. So as you and I were getting closer to this recording date right now, I had to quickly rush through a bunch of material that I'm covering tonight because I had just let it sit around for years. So, I mean, there's multiple ones that if you look at my Goodreads, you'll see I finished them all in the last week (laughs) just so we could talk tonight. There you go. All right. My number nine. Uncanny X-Force. This is by Rick Remender. You had predicted I wouldn't like this. Well, guess what? Oh, I did like it. Really? Yeah. Especially the Dark Angel saga. Really? Yeah, I thought it was so re- violent. I thought it was really good. Uh, I had guessed three stars, but my overall rating—if you take all seven volumes and kind of average it out—it's about a four-star rating for me. There you go. So yeah, yeah, I definitely liked it. Uh, it's uh, kind of a X-Men team of how would you? I mean, you've read this. How would you describe them? They're sort of a—they're uh, like a black a ops military force. special forces group yeah. within the X-Men. Very militaristic. They do uh, black forces, uh, black ops yeah, operations, black ops. Yeah. you know, they assassinations, etc. Yeah. So led by Wolverine. So, all right. You're number eight. And. Oh, wait a minute. I moved ahead. Oh, number eight. Power Man and Iron Fist. Epic collection. Heroes for Hire. How loved it? it. You loved it? Uh, I really do think that. Hey, here's what I've discovered between this collection and the final post-Return of the Jedi issues of Star Wars before Marvel canceled it, the classic ones. Um, Joe Duffy, she was a master, master writer. We we need to make this lady a legend. She didn't write for that long, but when you look at her work and the fact that she was making this really, really interesting stuff, uh, a story of a basically a, a white man who comes from a Eastern culture and an African-American man in the Early 80s, late 70s, kind of interacting and, and navigating. Good stuff. Just good, good stuff. I awesome. loved it. That's awesome. And, the, and, and, and what I really, again, I, I liked um, Luke Cage a lot on Netflix. I'm still watching Iron Fist and I don't like it as much. But what I'm really hopeful for is a Heroes for Hire, hmm. which we yeah. may not get since I know they're doing Luke Cage season two. So. Who knows? Maybe since Iron Fist hasn't been well received, they'll just put him on Luke Cage's second season. Yeah, but again, it's already already in production. Oh, okay. All right. You ready for my number eight? Let's hear it. Number eight for me is called Batman. Whatever happened to the Caped Crusader? This is by Neil Gaiman. Now, when I bought this collection, I didn't know that what I was actually buying was a two-issue story from Neil Gaiman called Whatever Happened to the Caped Crusader, but then 
The collection is filled out with uh, a couple of other issues, also written by Neil Gaiman. So that's the kind of that's how they were able to collect them all under this umbrella. But so the actual story, really liked it. It kind of looks at the history of Batman. Um, it could potentially act as a definitive last adventure of Batman. Uh, so that's the two issues that make up whatever happened to the Cape Crusader. But then in this collection, there were a couple other things I probably won't mention. But uh, just so you know, if you go check this out, there are other Neil Gaiman written Batman stories in it. So let's let's see how well you know me, Matt. The rating is five stars. You gave it five. I gave it five. I think you gave it three. You're wrong. You gave it four. Give it two. Oh, the, so you gave the collection of two or that specific story? The collection. Yeah. You know, to be honest, as I'm looking at my rating, I'm wondering, did I give that five-star rating just to the main story? Because I, as I look back on the collection, I don't have high, like, excited feelings about it. Well, and my guess is it's the other stories in the collection that brought it down. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. For me. All right. You're number seven. My number seven, Cowl. By Kyle Higgins. I've now read both volumes one and two, which is an entire collection. Um, I gave both collections a four. I remember being um, not as impressed as I hoped I would be. Okay. I mean, it was good, solid storytelling. Interesting period piece is basically about a uh, a trade union of superheroes in Chicago. I mean, who doesn't see that as just being filled with stories of corruption? Which it is. Um Again, I thought it was very, very solid storytelling. It just didn't keep my interest per se. And I will say um, it does make me excited. If we were to do this list again, I'd probably put Hadrian's Wall by Higgins on it, partially because of this. Hmm, okay. So final rating? I gave both volumes a four. All right. All right. My number seven, I believe we're on, is another Batman collection. Uh, I didn't realize it was a collection... At first, I thought it was just one story called Batman, The Man Who Laughs, a Joker story by Ed Brubaker. But it turned out this collection actually had two Ed Brubaker written Batman stories. So, The Man Who Laughs, Daniel, have you read this? No. Okay, I loved it. I, it was. It felt like it took place shortly after year one. It is Batman's first encounter with Joker. I mean, I honestly felt like I would use the word masterpiece for it. It was that good. I loved it. I I haven't read it. Yeah. Uh, and then there was a second story, again, also written by Ed Brubaker, uh, which is a team up between Batman and the Alan Scott Green Lantern. That story was good, but not nearly as good as The Man Who Laughs. Love that. Um, yeah. I mean, this is just now one of my favorite Batman stories I've ever written or ever read. And it makes me want to read more things written by Ed Brubaker, which I could be wrong, but I think this might have been the first thing I ever read from him. I never read his uh, Captain America run. So you haven't read Winter Soldier? No, I've never read Winter Soldier. Ooh, good stuff. Yeah, so now it makes me want to get to that stuff. And if you hear tapping and typing, which is totally professional, I'm I'm not a professional podcaster anymore. It's just me adding it to a wish list. Yeah, I loved it. It is added to a wish list, my friend. All right. Uh, your number six, please. So, Oh, sorry. I got distracted. Um, my number wait, six wait, was number Star Wars yeah, Infinities. Six. Oh, yeah. These are the what-if version of the Star Wars universe. 
I read it is a Marvel Epic Collection, which, as you know, Matt, I love me some Marvel Epic Collections. And I think I have – okay, I don't have all the Star Wars ones. There's two I'm short right at the moment, which is causing me stress and strain. Matt, help me here. Put me on the couch. Okay, let's talk about it. So I I was getting all the Star Wars Epic Collections from Marvel as they came out. But I remember kind of being like, meh to the old republic series knights of the old republic Mm -hmm. and so i wasn't gonna get the old republic volumes but i made a mistake matt and that was i ordered old republic volume number two wait a second i think you might have told me the story in real life so do do i need to go in do i need to break the seal and get volume number one yes because i don't feel like i can read volume two without one you can't even though i've read it all i've already read them you have to. I'm sorry. Never. Only if you're a completionist. I don't know if you are. I kind of am. I'm also struggling with the fact that I have the original Marvel on the Dark Horse. Oh, and now yeah. they're beginning to put those into Epic Collections. And I'm like, do I need to double dip? Because one of mine is one of my uh, one of my Dark Horse volumes of the Marvel is actually signed by Steve Leola. Well, oh, yeah. So... It's not like I can get rid of that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm not necessarily for double dipping. Uh, you'll have to use your best judgment. I'm sorry. All right. All right. All right. But I, I, I'm, I'm sure I give it a five. I love all these. What's your favorite? What if story? My favorite what if story oh, in sorry. my collection or yeah, period? Your favorite Star Wars Infinities story period. Uh, here's the problem. I don't fully remember them. Okay. I know that Leia goes bad in one. Wait, spoilers. did you give a did you give a rating yet? I missed it. If you did, I have not. Okay. I, I, I'm pretty sure I gave it a five. Okay. I give all the Marvel collections a five. Sorry. That's okay. There's part. I I thought about Empire number three giving it a four, and I'm like, but it gave me so much joy. So when I give some of these Star Wars uh, epic collections a five rating, it's because of the joy level, not just not the story level. Because I do remember the stories not being quite what I wanted. Okay. My number six is Daniel. My number one favorite thing on this entire list that I chose. So, Man Who Laughs, that was number two. But number one was Superman, Red Sun, five stars. Well, about time you read it. Yeah, I know. Well, I read it back in July of 2015. (laughs) We just haven't talked about it in almost two years. Well, I mean, I know it probably didn't impact you as much as your favorite all-time Batman story, The Long Halloween. Okay. That's not That's not my favorite. One. <laughs> <laughs> I am reading I did read as part of this list though the sequel to that, so we'll have to come back to that. A good joke never dies, buddy. All right. Uh So should we talk about Red Sun? I mean, we yeah, did. I, I loved it too. We already did talk about it in episode fifty. Like we gave the premise, so hopefully they went back and listened to episode fifty so they could get caught up. So, yeah, just a good Elseworld story. You loved it. Uh, I know Ben was planning to read it, so I'm interested to see what he thinks. So, yeah, Superman Red Sun recommend by Mark Miller on board. All right, your number five. Ooh, my number five was Royals Masters of War. Now this I. 
hadn't heard of other than just from you. So go ahead, give it to me. I do think you should read it. It, it basically the the storyline is is that the European royal houses are basically superheroes, and they engage in a war in which uh, they at one point uh, put their superhero power, their superpowers into into play, and uh, there's a lot of political intrigue. So I, I actually liked it quite a bit. I gave it a four. Okay. And uh, you said this has to do with World War Two. World War Two. So, that I mean, that's kind of one of your favorite areas of history. So did it, I, did I did it live up? I did study for a little bit of my life. Yeah, exactly. And, and the and Royal live House up? Is, focused, is British, mm-hmm. which, again, is also, you know, where I studied. So, um, so did it live up to the hype for you? Like, did it... I was pleased with it. Again, okay. once I begin to hype something, it's hard to live up to the hype. I, I it was really good. I would recommend it if anybody asked. All right, my number five. If you don't mind me moving on to number five, uh, please do <laughs> because I'm about to get excited about things in my my last ones, my last four. All right, my number five is Astro City, which I never read until. I mean, I'm just gonna be totally honest. I had started reading Volume One years ago. I'd actually started reading it twice and could not get into it for some reason. Finally finished it just in the last week, volume one. And then I started volume two today just so I could read a little bit more in volume one. Here's how I feel about Astro City. I'll tell you right now. I'll give it a four. But it's a four where I more respect it more than I enjoy it. I, oh, and you're just you're just dipping into that world, my friend. Yeah. So just dipping in. Volume one was that- basically just setting the stage. Volume two is the first one that has a continuing storyline. And yeah, so where I'm at, I it's uh, how do I explain this? It's not keeping my attention very well, but when I am dedicating myself to reading it, I'm interested. So that's why I give it the four. But again, also I can recognize good writing. Uh, I don't know. I have very mixed feelings on this. I'll definitely read through volume three because that's how many I own. And then after that, I may be done, or maybe that's when... Were, were you at one time collecting a bunch of these? Yes, I had bought three and then stopped just in case. And I'm glad I did stop just in case. <laughs> All right. So we'll see. Again, it, it's a great book. Well, it how, really is. How I'm many kind volumes of have you read? Our library, which is where I get all of ours, Yeah, they actually are a little behind. Uh, they're missing an issue. I mean, a volume. So I, I don't know what to do. Maybe I'll just wait for you. Okay, so let me ask you a question. How many volumes have you read? I've read all but the last two. Man, because how many are there? There's about 14 or more, right? Yeah. Well, and you got to remember, it's broken up because uh, I believe Busiak got sick. So when he got sick, there was a hiatus. But the nice thing is, is when you, you mentioned legacy numbering earlier, they didn't start like with a new volume they just continued on with the numbering from when he left off okay okay yeah i'll stick with it for a bit but no promises but who knows maybe in a year we'll have a comic book time machine episode where i'm talking about this as one of my new favorite books i don't know maybe it'll it'll grow on me all right you're number four go ahead number four fred van lenty's ivar time walker oh so i know you've been into the Valiant universe, and I know that you specifically liked Archer and Armstrong, and Ivar is the brother of Armstrong. So yep. you Fan- love this. Fantastic time traveling goodness. 
Ivar, who you do see a little bit in Archer and Armstrong, you really kind of see him much more as a trickster here. Um, Wait, not really the science metaphysical guy you see in the in Archer and Armstrong briefly. Um, you get to see romance from this time traveler, perhaps. Um, Fred Van Lenty is one of my favorite authors. Uh, every time he writes something in the Valiant universe, it pretty much hits a home run with me. And I really enjoyed Ivar Time Walker. Uh, three volumes. There's three volumes now. Remind me everything that he's done in Valiant. Um, well, he's the one who set off the boon that made um, the Eternal Warrior Armstrong and himself immortal. Okay. Uh, then he went to a faraway land. I believe it's called the far away. He was there for a long time. And then he came back and he did some time traveling. And by the way, he kind of time travels by like knowing where there's gaps in the universe. Basically. I, I was asking, tell me what has Fred Van Lenty written for Valiant? Our turn Armstrong. Okay. So that's it so far. Uh, I think he also did. For some reason, I think he did generation zero. Okay. Which is, uh, generation zero is a hard thing for me to, to have a sell on, you know, but one of the things that I read that I would love to get uh, a copy of, and I don't know if our library has it anymore, Matt is Fred Van Lenty's taskmaster. Oh, I haven't seen that at the library. So, Hey, you brought up something interesting. You said you don't know if it has it anymore. How often do they get rid of their old stock? Because, because there was something I was reading and I kind of took a little bit of a break. I, I, I don't think it's necessarily getting rid of their old stock. I think it's more along the lines of... Um, <laughs> I think it's more along the lines of somebody stole it. Okay. Yeah, because I was reading something, took a little bit of a break from that title, and d- decided to go back maybe a year or more later. And a book that I had checked out didn't exist anymore. I'm having that problem with... Um, having that problem with... Uh, Wait a minute. I didn't rate Taskmaster. Unthinkable. I'm rating it now. Five stars. Um, I've, I had that problem with uh, X4. No, X-Factor. Okay. The Peter David run. Yeah. Where I was reading it along and then I think somebody stole their one copy. Okay. All right. I'm going to – we're going through this so quickly. I feel like if I can finish up my list here pretty soon, we can just hang a little bit and just talk uh, about comics and life at the end of this episode. There you go. So I can, we can catch up on some other, maybe more recent comics also. But I'm not at my number two yet, so. I'm, I'm at my number four. Are you ready? Let's hear it. Number four. Now, listeners, go back, flashback to 2011, I believe. 2011, you remember a bookstore called Borders Bookstore or just Border? It's Borders. Yeah, Borders Bookstore. Uh, they were going out of business across the country. So I would visit the various stores that we had here in Minnesota buying graphic novels on sale because this is before i started using the library that daniel and i have been talking about so if i wanted to read something i i had to buy it uh or just sit at barnes noble or borders and that was weird you can't really do that so i saw this title by vertigo called the unwritten and i picked it up and bought it off of borders uh sight unseen because i had uh, at the same time in 2011 i was really into fables which was another vertigo title so i was just basically trusting vertigo wholeheartedly at this point all right here we are the unwritten my number four i ended up giving it four stars it's an again kind of like what i was talking about with astro city where uh, i have some mixed feelings about it i almost feel like i should give this a higher rating because i definitely 
Whereas with Astral City, I was having a hard time going back to it. This one, I I want to keep reading. I'm intrigued by the story. I want to see where the mystery goes, but it's not giving me enough yet here as I've read two volumes of this. Uh, it's not giving me enough yet for me to say, this is amazing. This is five stars. I like it. I want to keep reading. I'm in the middle of volume three and really enjoying it, but it's just it's not like a fables level story to me quite yet. All right, my number three, Kingsman. Well, actually, Secret Service by Millar, which I know a lot of people have li- I've read already, but I hadn't. Um, I hadn't read it. Um, the movie really pushed me to read it, and I loved it. I haven't seen the movie, and I haven't read the book. <laughs> Here's what I found interesting, Matt. Um, Mark Hamill's in the movie, and... He's also a character model for another character in the book. Whoa, that's weird. I wonder if that's how they got him. I don't know. Uh, off the air, I can tell you who he plays in the book if you want me to. Okay. Or I can spoil it. It's been around for a while. Let's not spoil it. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I had never had any, any interest in seeing the movie because it looked kind of on that hyper violent but in oh sort of, it is sort of a funny way kind of like his other material basically so yeah, he kind of deconstructs i mean the movie kind of deconstructs the james bond spy genre movie and it does take the violence in a hyper silly way on purpose right and i'm telling you right now samuel l jackson eats the furniture he eats everything <laughs> on set he is fantastic because he knows exactly what he's doing, that he has to be over the top because that's what this story requires is that he is so crazy. And the book, while it definitely, definitely follows the same pattern as the movie in the movie, the, a lot of the people who are disappearing are like scientists and politicians, people that you might need be, due to their influence and knowledge. Just let me say this. In the book, the people that are being kidnapped are actually pop culture figures. Hmm, that's interesting. All right. My number three. I think you've read this. Have you read Justice by Kruger? And I think Alex Ross is here with us. I don't know. It's a three volume. Well, actually a 12 issue story. I can't exactly tell if it's set if it's supposed to be set in continuity or out of. I guess it's out of continuity. And uh, I don't know how much I should say about the story. Artwork is amazing. Story is pretty good. I ended up giving it a 4.5 star rating. Justice. It's about the Justice League. Uh, I'll give a little bit of a tease. The villains decide the Justice League have had their chance to make the world a better place. And yes, they've saved lives, but they haven't you know, healed sicknesses or ended global hunger and so they start doing good things but along the way they're still the villains to our heroes so that's kind of a little small part of the plot of justice i don't know if i've read this if you like all i think somebody else did the pencils but alex ross who does the more photorealistic painting artwork i mean it's it's amazing. I love it. So the artwork, actually, in this case, I like the artwork more than the story, which is really unusual. 
but the story itself is still good also. All right. All right. Well, there you go. Well, you've convinced me. Well, and I checked in our library to see if they had maybe the 12 issues together as one volume, and they only have one of the three volumes, so you'll have to borrow this from me if you want to read it. I'm sorry. Matt? Yes? It's time for you to sit back. Here we go. Relax. Num- number two for you. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, are your shoes still on? You've got time to untie them. Perhaps you should go make a sandwich. Because oh, I'm here to talk about my number two, The Atlantis Chronicles. Oh, yes. It's about time. I can finally hear about this. So, uh, Atlantis Chronicles, it is a shame and a pity that this is not in a collection. Uh, ben actually helped a brother out here. Uh, he picked these issues up for me at a uh, con that he went to at an affordable price because, they're again, they've never been reprinted together in one bound volume. Why do Basically, you think this? this is the ancient history of Atlantis by Peter David. Um, the first Kings and Queens of Atlantis, the political struggle, the strife, how they sunk, um, how they overcame, uh, how they became water breathers written by the chroniclers of history of Atlantis. Um, and written as a chronicle. Uh, it's fantastic. It really is. This is high intrigue, a lot of character development. Um, It really gives, to me at least, a lot of um, depth and thought and backstory behind Atlantis. And to me, again, DC, bound this sucker up and sell it. People will buy it. It's good stuff. Yeah, that's shocking. I was going to ask you, why do you think it's not? I mean, if you had to guess, why doesn't it exist as a collection? I have no idea. The fact that there is no major superhero in it. Hmm, I mean, it's not an Aquaman story. It's an Aquaman story in the sense that it's about Atlantis and his universe, but it's not an Aquaman story. He's never in it. Um, So there's no headliner. You can't slap on it. Aquaman Atlantis Chronicles. Because again, he's not present. Um, But it's so good. So, so good. Yeah, I would definitely read this. You should, but I'm not going to loan you my copies. So Okay. Well, thanks anyways. <laughs> yeah, because, um, you know, you never know when I might want to read it on the, you know, spur of the moment. Exactly. And DC, uh, you know, they, they haven't bound it. <sighs> Love it. Go read it. All right. You ready for my number two? I am. All right, everybody. Well, when I made my number two a combo of two collections. I did it because I thought they were part of a series. So earlier, Daniel mentioned The Long Halloween. This is by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sales. I had heard they had two other collections that followed that story, one called Dark Victory and one called Haunted Night. So I picked up both of those, prepared to read them because I enjoyed Long Halloween so much. Turns out, Daniel, that Haunted Night is not connected to The Long Halloween at all. It's just those two creators working together on three short stories in the Batman universe. So they're okay, fun, but kind of a medium score. I think I gave that collection three stars. But Dark Victory, on the other hand, is a direct sequel to The Long Halloween. All the same characters as a continuing story from where things left off with The Long Halloween. And I loved it. Five stars for Dark Victory. So, again, if I go back to 
I know I said The Man Who Laughs was my number two, so I guess I'd have to say this was my number three, but it'd be close. Dark Victory, The Man Who Laughs, those are in the race for number two for my favorite things I read this on this list. Still keeping Red Sun at number one. But Dark Victory, so good. And uh, I just finished it today, but I loved it. Wait, we're supposed to tell you what our favorite thing on the list was? You don't have to. I'm just mentioning it just for fun. Because this usually when I do these lists, I rank them from like least favorite to favorite but in this case i just as i listed them you know two years ago on that episode 50 i kept in the same order so i'm just telling you for maybe for my own sake for the listener's sake where everything lands so well because for me atlantis chronicles (laughs) yeah oh i hear you don't worry you might you might mean out of sense that but i really liked atlantis chronicles no you you've made me want to read it if it ever gets collected i'll pick it up I feel like I want to reach into my lo- my short long boxes now and pull it out. So my number one is probably my most disappointing, not experience, but my it'll be my most disappointing review, and I'll tell you more when it gets to that. So what's your number one? Well, and I wonder what my mi- most disappointing would be. Uh, like I wasn't disappointed. I I mean the review I give will be the most disappointing, and I'll explain that soon. <laughs> you know, honestly, Sergeant Fury, and that makes me feel horrible. Because of Stanley and Kirby, and it's just because I haven't read it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Otherwise, a lot of this stuff was all fours. All right, my number one. Number Are one. You ready? Yep. I'm stuck, Matt. I'm stuck. You've been with me on this quest. You've joined me. You've helped me. But Secret Avengers, the original Rick Remender volumes. Yeah. I had read all of Cat, of Cot, all of Spencer, all of Volume Two and Three per se, but I had never read any of the original Captain America Secret Avengers, and now I'm stuck at issue twenty because I don't have it. Oh no! So I I have all but two issues in this run, twenty and twenty three. Otherwise, I have the thirty some issues all waiting for me to be read, but I'm I'm, I'm stuck because. I don't have issue 20. So if you had to give it a rating right now, what's your current rating for it? Three and a half to four. Yeah. I mean, there's some interesting stuff going on here. There's a Nick Fury clones and, well, actually LMDs that become sentient. Um, Hydra, you know, all the stuff we'd expect. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm stuck. So... I'm sorry. Well, we'll we have a comic show coming up here in about a month. We'll keep looking. I'm sure. Twenty and twenty-three. Just need those. Twenty and twenty-three. We'll be together at that, right? I think so. Okay. Twenty and twenty-three. But I may not be able to go Saturday, which has got me nervous. Uh oh. Because what if he's got super sons? I am going on Saturday. If you're there Saturday, and he's got super sons, I'll see what I can do. I mean, if there's two copies, that is. (laughs) Yeah, we may have to see. All right. My number one, everybody. All right. I don't even know where to begin. Well, one of my favorite comic writers, Jeff Johns, is well known for his long run on Green Lantern. So I was able, through presents, to collect over the course of a year three omnibuses of his that make up his total run, spanning from, I think, pre- Infinite Crisis, not Crisis on Infinite Earths, but Infinite Crisis, and in so 
pre-Infinite Crisis into Infinite Crisis, then into Flashpoint and the New 52. So it's like, I believe it's 2005 to 2012 or 2013 or something crazy like that. Lots of comics to read. I had had very high hopes that I would read through these. And I'm just going to be totally honest. I barely read through the. I mean, yeah, I barely read them. When you have a small trade, it's easy to bring it on a trip, bring it in the car, read around the house. But when you have an omnibus and you're trying to read through it, you almost have to be sitting at a desk or a table. It's it's an, kind of an ordeal to read through them. So because of the inconvenience, I didn't give very much time to reading through this. So uh, the beginning of this Green Lantern, Jeff Johns run has the collection Rebirth, which I would have given five stars. And then it has what would have been maybe an equivalent of a volume one collection, which I gave three stars. Uh, But really what got me to purchase these omnibuses is that I had read the Sinestro Sinestro Core War, which just happens in the middle of this run. I read that about four years ago, maybe five years ago. Liked it a lot. So I trusted Jeff Johns. That was a five star for me. So, Daniel, the reason I say it's disappointing is because out of one omnibus only out of the three that I have, I've probably read approximately, I don't know, 12 to 20 issues. So it's not, it's not a very good – I didn't take a very good chunk out of this reading. I mean, I'll still – so disappointing. Yeah, so I feel bad. I'm a hot mess. So I guess I would say of what I've read, maybe four stars, I, I'm just – if I got the exact average from everything, I probably could be more accurate. But I'll just say around four stars. But I have a lot more to read. I'll keep doing it post this recording. But I feel I feel sorry, everybody. I'm sorry that I didn't read more of this in time for this episode. You know what, Matt? Here's the thing to remember. Quit beating yourself up. You know who told me that? Who? Mr. T. Because he's looking down from, from above, down yeah. at me, sitting in his van. Oh, right. Pity in the fools. And totally. he thinks you're a fine gentleman, sir. Thank you. He does. Thank you, Mr. T. So that's Well, that. B.A., actually. <laughs> so that's that. That's our list. There you go. I can't remember. Did you have any runners-up on your last list? Because I had one. Um, I don't think I offered any. All right. I had a Superman Elseworld story called Superman Speeding Bullets in which... Oh, come on. Have you read that? No, and they canceled it at the library. Oh, hey, I have it if you want to read it. It's, Is it good? Well, it's just like a one-issue story, but kind of an extended issue. It's uh, I think it was in prestige format. Five stars. I, okay. I won't talk too much about it other than in this what-if story, the Wayne family, Thomas and Martha, don't actually have a son named Bruce Wayne, a biological son. Instead, Superman's spaceship crashes... In Gotham City, the Waynes find Kal-El, you know, who we know as Kal-El, raise him as Bruce Wayne, and I'll let the story take you from there. Just an interesting, there you go. An interesting Elseworlds concept. So, Speeding Bullets, five stars. Excellent, excellent. All right, everybody, that brings an end to the list that we promised we'd go through two years ago. At this point, we're going to be entering into a free-form conversation <laughs> with the remaining minutes we have. Hey, Daniel. How's it going? Hey, buddy. Doing good. So you said you're reading... Yeah, let's just catch up on what we're reading currently. Uh, so you said Aquaman. What else do you feel like you have to read? Because I had to cut back. I'm trying to save money, so I'm not reading... Well, and Marvel didn't help. 
So, I mean, on a monthly basis, I'm reading Miss Marvel, giving it to my kid. Mm-hmm. I get Champions, give it to my kid. And I, I will say this, the, the move from Champions to all new, all different Avengers, I think that was a good move. You're the opposite, from the all new, all different yeah. two Champions. Yeah. Uh, having the younger characters in that book with the older characters, I think it really stifled Miss Marvel and Nova. And okay. Miles's characters mm-hmm. didn't give them room to breathe because you always had these these older characters there that were kind of shepherding them and leading them. And now you you really in Champions you get a chance to see Miss Marvel and young Cyclops lead um, and deal with issues versus being told how to deal with issues. So I do think that was a good move. But those are the two I kept. Um, and then I also read Star Wars. Uh, again, I, I was the, one of the guys who was on Marvel's Facebook page every week complaining because they took away our digital codes. Right. So. We'll talk about it. So just briefly. Well, sure. well they're back. They're bringing the digital codes back in May. Um, but basically they were giving us, uh, in, in lieu of our digital code, they were giving you a digital code that gave, gave you basically one issue from a trade. No, three. So basically, you got a trailer. You got one-fifth of something. You got three. Versus issue. But they give you one issue from three different trades, which doesn't make it better. Yes. But So I think they started to no, say. No, it doesn't make it better because I have over 20 issues of Star Wars. And then my digital collection just suddenly stops. I know. It is frustrating. Uh, I have the same um, experience with Silver Surfer, which I've mentioned this before. He's not. In fact, I think I mentioned this on the last episode I recorded with Evan. Silver Surfer is not my favorite character, but I love this series and I've been collecting it since the beginning. And because they had the digital copies, I have the entire run digitally up until just a few months ago. So, but everybody complained, told me they were stupid. Here's the thing that frustrated me, to be honest. Um, Marvel pretty much had a line. If it was $2.99, you weren't getting the code. If it was $3.99, you were. Um, Basically, I'm sorry, Miss Marvel used to be a two twenty nine a two ninety nine book. It should have stayed there if I wasn't going to get a digital code for it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then Aquaman. Um, I'm not reading a ton of regular basis right at the moment. Get this, I have not read the Champions yet, even though I like the concept. I and it hasn't come to our library yet, so I I don't know how well, the story is going. Well, and one thing I, I will say again: huge difference between all new, all different Avengers. Um, which I had a letter in there, um, my only letter in a comic. Nice, good job. Uh, but uh, with Champions, it's very much a social justice book. Hmm. So, which is in line with what we're seeing in Rebirth with Green Arrow, because just let me say this, I am having a complete turnaround right at the moment at Green Arrow as I read these new collections uh, by uh, Percy. Yeah. I can't remember his first we, name. We met him, Ben Percy. Yeah, Ben Percy. Uh, these new issues of Green Arrow, I had huge complaints with Rebirth about what they – not Rebirth, the New 52 what they did with Green Arrow because uh, they took all the social justice out and all of the heart and made him really kind of a James Bond playboy figure, mm-hmm. which was kind of a weird fit, especially when he didn't have a goatee. You're like, is this really Oliver Queen? And this this new Ollie, I, I'll tell you, I finished the second volume this morning. And, it, and again, it, it's coming back to where it needs to be. 
And I will say I do enjoy Rebirth right now. I do think DC's killing it compared to Marvel, mostly because Rebirth is giving us good stories. It's not just the fact that they rebooted stuff, but they're giving us good stories. And I'm not a Superman guy, and I'm enjoying Superman again. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of what I've got from the library that might be interesting to talk about recently. Uh, yeah, I've been, you know, I haven't been doing everything from Rebirth, whereas I think you and I tried to read a lot. Well, you read everything from New 52. I read a lot of it. I'm being more picky with my time lately, so I stuck with, I've read Batman and Detective Comics, Superman and Action Comics, Aquaman, and Titans and Flash. So Titans, I thought, uh, would be a standout for me, and I I feel so-so on Titans. What did you think about that one? Uh, I was kind of so-so. Hey, did you read through Civil War and all those different tie-ins? Yes. So I'm in the middle. The library has all the tie-ins that were connected to Civil War. So I read Civil War. Then I've been kind of going through these tie-ins. But the, you know, compared to Secret Wars, where those were pretty fun separate collections because they were just a bunch of what-if stories, uh, these Civil War tie-in stories are not good. Did you feel that way? Well, it, they were frustrating because with the whole – again, I understand Bendis needed the room to tell the story he wanted to tell. They should have paused and stopped on everything else. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know they couldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. But when you're getting reveals and all of these other tie-in issues about what happened, yeah, I felt by the time I actually read Civil War II that I actually knew what was going to happen. Hey, so I was reading just from the library the Star Wars comics, you know, Darth Vader and the main title. But I... And, and do you remember two years ago you got me the first issue of Vader Down just as a Christmas present? No, mm-hmm. maybe you don't remember that. <laughs> so I do remember that. Uh, I get because I got you a variant, I believe. Right, and I really liked that first issue and planned to get to it, but just had never got to reading it uh, from our library. So I have them all. Our library has a mechanism where you can put a hole on it, but then also pause it. So that you don't have to get it as soon as it's available. You can wait until you want to read maybe a bunch of books at once. So I have waiting for me at the library right now. Star Wars Volume 3, Volume 4, Vader Down, Darth Vader Volume 3, Volume 4. <laughs> and I'm basically sometime going to get them all at once and just check everything out. But without spoiling, how have you been liking the Star Wars titles? I've, I, I know everybody loves Darth Vader. So specifically the the main star wars book how's that been going uh i think the main star wars book is what you expect from it uh in many ways the vader book was better and when you talk about expectations like i really 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 like the first collection of the poe dameron okay um and the thing about that is i had really low expectations and so when it came out and I really enjoyed it and even how they handled like BB-8, I thought it was great. Uh, it, to me, the Star Wars book, is, it's its Jason Aaron. You know, he's going to hit home runs all the time. Uh, it's always going to be solid. It's always going to be well written. It's always going to be good. Uh, expectations are pretty high on it. So sometimes it's, it's kind of like, oh, OK, well, it met my expectations of being good. Versus being like surprisingly good like Poe Dameron was or even Vader. Vader to me was surprisingly good. 
um, cause I had pretty low expectations for it. I will say that the next Vader series, I, I have the entire run of the first Vader series, this next Vader series, I'm not, I'm just going to get it as, as trades. See, I think the new Vader series sounds interesting. Not that, not so interesting. I'll buy it, but yeah, so they're basically going just after revenge of the Sith. And they're, I mean, some people have described it as a Darth Vader year one type story. So what yep. about that doesn't intrigue you? I, I think it's just the way I it, the writer is a solid writer, but he's not to me like a home run writer. Mm-hmm. I also think one of the things, too, is when Vader came out the first time, um, there was newness to it. You know, we were getting these three these three Star Wars titles and we hadn't really had Marvel Star Wars titles for a while. Actually, we hadn't had Star Wars titles for a while because there's a little bit of a break between Dark Horse and Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, it was, you know, like to me, it was like the uniqueness. And then once you got in, it's like, well, I can't stop cause I've got this run going. Um, we're now, you know, we've got a lot of star Wars titles that have come through the, through the pipe. Um, and I've already gotten a, a really great entire Darth Vader run. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I should be getting the Darth Vader run. I won't know because I'm not going to read it till, you know, the trade. Yeah, right. I think it sounds interesting. I going on going off of what you're just saying, having the Vader book complement the Star Wars book where they're happening at the same time and you could see different perspectives and point of views on the same events. I think that added something special whereas now that this Vader story will be taking place so far in the past, uh it'll kind of almost be its own little mini series rather than feel like part of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, you can't, you can't cross over. And I mean, they've done they've done it where they have had series that can't cross over the Canaan series, which was twelve episode issues. Great series, great use of those Star Wars Rebels characters. Great backstory, all canon too. Uh, but again, I think once I had been getting all the issues, I think I went up to the Lando series of like even all the mini series, and it was just too much, and it was so much easier for me to just get the trade. Yeah. I hear you. Also, easy to remember what was going on. Uh, I want to change the subject. Did you take my advice and check out from the library Paper Girls by Brian K. Vaughn? No, it's on my list. Was that? But mean? it's got yeah. a long. It's got a long line. You gotta and see, You gotta read this. So you you are foolish. You take your fifty requests and then you put a bunch of them on hold. I have fifty five requests out there right now and they're all active. Okay. Well, I put them on. I pause them because I don't want to. I want to be able to control when I get them instead of getting a ton that I have to read all at once. Uh, no, dude, I got five books right now coming to the library. Right yeah, now, you have to I read Paper Girls. Five requests. Everybody, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show that I just did with uh, Evan, but Paper Girls by Brian K. Vaughn is awesome sci-fi uh, set in the '80s. So people have liked that. You know, recent show Stranger Things, which I haven't watched, but I have a feeling it has a similar feel. I'm meh to it. What did you say? I'm meh. Oh, Stranger Things. I actually watched an episode today. Okay, yeah. Because my my oldest is trying to convince me that it's really really good. I have not watched it yet, but I love Paper Girls. This is a great book. I've only read the first two volumes and nothing since or after that, so I don't know where it goes. But yeah, really good. Uh, I want to ask you about. The two big events coming up, and I think we'll have to wrap up there. I'll have to go for the night. So Marvel's about to do Secret Empire, and DC is heading into... I don't really exactly know what's happening, but it's some sort of... They're calling it like a rock opera 
starring Batman, and it affects, I think it has something to do with the overall rebirth mystery, I think, but I could be wrong. Are you familiar with that or not enough to talk about? Is it the heavy metal? Yeah, heavy, like dark, dark nights or dark, dark metal. So I haven't quite figured out the dark metal thing. Yeah, I don't um, know what to say about it other than it seems to be a catalyst for something, but I don't know. Maybe we should just focus in on Secret uh, Empire. You know what? DC's been hitting all home runs. Maybe they need to have a foul ball here. You know, you had said legacy is supposed to be for Marvel, this big thing that's going to, I mean, you call it an event, but I remember Marvel saying that after secret empire, they're going to take an 18 month break from events. Did you hear that? No, but thank heavens. Okay. So talk about secret empire. This is all spoilers. If you aren't caught up on captain America, Steve Rogers, but uh, his so here goes spoilers. He his history has been rewritten by Cosmic Cube, or has it? Well, I I I actually read Secret Empire Zero, so I can I can answer that question. Do you want to talk about it openly or do you? Well, want to- it, it seems to me spoilers that it in fact was not rewritten. Uh, and he actually is Hydra. No, I mean. It's very upsetting. Let's talk openly about this. So this is going to be spoilers. So I, I was I was not upset the first time they named him Hydra, mm-hmm. but the second time it's like, come on, Nick Spencer, choose. Wait, what? I don't think you because you didn't read the issue, right? You just read a review about it. Yeah. Okay. So I think what you're saying is that in Secret Empire Zero, there's a flashback scene where there it alludes to the fact that possibly it was actually the Allies that used the co- Cosmic Cube so that they could win the war and make Steve Rogers a good guy actually whereas he was a bad guy originally. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Okay, no. Okay, I can I can clear I can give you a peace of mind for this because if you've been reading the Steve Rogers volumes, you can see that we're constantly getting flashbacks to a fake past, right? You've you've read volume one of uh yep. Steve yep. Rogers? I read the first yep. Okay. So there's consistent flashbacks that never actually happened, but we're seeing this new version of C. Rogers. So the scene where that happens, where it looks like he was always bad and, and the allies tricked him into thinking he was good. That's part of that flashback mechanism that it was written by the red skull and the cosmic cube. So he, so just for your peace of mind, Steve Rogers originally was a hero, but was turned bad by the cosmic cube. So don't, don't worry. Okay. Okay. So, oh man, there was some really cool things in Secret Empire Zero, the the first issue, but not. I'm not so excited about the event that I'm going to buy anymore. I just wanted to see where it started, and kind of be on the know on how the the event kicked off. But I always knew I probably wouldn't continue on. And as I read the solicitations for what's coming up, I think I'm making the right choice by holding out for the trade. But this is it was a pretty good first issue. So Secret Empire is going to be the this next Marvel event where Captain America, Steve Rogers, is basically leading Hydra and taking over Earth, <laughs> taking over the world. Uh, as a fan of Captain America, what do you feel about this? Uh, uh, I mean, what do you, do you, I generally trust Nick Spencer. Yeah, he's one of my favorite writers. I generally trust him. Again, I one of my favorite series of all time. He wrote um, Morning Glories. No, <laughs> Superior Foes. Okay. He also he wrote. He also wrote Morning Glories, which is one of my all time favorite comics. 
Which someday he'll finish, right? I think that because he became so big at Marvel, he just didn't have time to do it. But there, I read the final issue, which there's supposed to be 100 issues, and they stopped at 50. It ended on a cliffhanger, so I get the feeling that someday in the distant future, when he has time, he'll get back to it. But yeah, I, I'm not expecting to read the next issue of Morning Glories anytime soon. Sigh. So I think Secret Empire will be a good event as a whole. Uh, like you said, Nick Spencer is great. I just don't think I want to pay for it every week. I agree. Yeah. So we'll be reading it sometime in the distant future when our library finally gets it. Yeah. All right. I'll let you have the final question of the night, and then we'll let's close out. <sighs> you can ask me anything. What do you want to know about my reading? What do you Have you read something you want to know if I liked it? Anything. Sky's the limit. Matt. Yes. How does it feel knowing the Chicago Cubs are in first place? I mean, because I know you're such a super fan, I was so glad they won last year. And will they do it again? I say no. I say yes. Okay. Well, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Well, listeners, this was a special treat. Who knows when you'll get Daniel and Matt back together again. And well, buddy, if, you know. We should actually try to guess. Up. Let's guess so that we can someday say, remember when we recorded in April of 2017? That was the last time. It's going to be so. December 2017 is the next time. Well, we, I'm saying when we actually are on Skype because we'll, oh. we may do a mini recorder uh, episode as early as May, possibly. Uh, I'm going to go with April 2018. Hmm. Well, is, is that based on how you know your schedule goes? Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm, That's during the time period in which I'm also not coaching. I'm so. going to be optimistic and say that in December of 2017, during Christmas, we'll have some downtime to spend together and maybe record. Okay. I'm, I'm good with the first part. The record part is the part to that question. All right. So we'll see. All right. Say your catchphrase. I'm going to hit the music. You won't be able to hear it because you're on Skype. So just let, let it be quiet for a second, and then I'll talk to you off the air. Here we go. Be safe, kids. Make good choices. I haven't hit the music yet. I wasn't ready. Okay. Let me say goodbye, and then you can say it again. See, everybody. Thanks for listening. Let us know your thoughts by writing us at feedback at comicbooktimemachine.com. All right. Go ahead, Daniel. <laughs> be safe, kids. Make good choices.